Hey everybody, Mike Dempsey here. It's NFL playoff time, and you can still win playing Underdog Fantasy by picking higher or lower on player stats at underdogfantasy.com. Sign up with promo code 1010XL, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Trevor drops, looks, looks, fires back in the end zone, caught for the touchdown! Touchdown in the back of the end zone to Calvin Ridley and Jacksonville has taken the lead. Checks it down underneath. That's a crossing route to Christian Kirk. 30, 25, 20, 15, 10. Christian Kirk to the goal line. Touchdown, Jacksonville. A crossing route to Christian Kirk. And the Jags have retaken the lead. Fires this one deep downfield, and that ball is going to be picked off. The Jags pick it off, and they're going to run it back. That is Dewey Winger. Picked it off in the middle of the field. He's still running it back. He got it into Pittsburgh territory. Andrew Wingard stepped up and picked that thing off. Just disappointing. Disappointing the way we finished our season. Obviously, it's, it's definitely not good enough. You know, things start with me, and i got to make sure that I'm holding myself accountable and I'm doing all I can to, you know, help our football team win on and off the football field, but just not good enough. Uh, it hurts. You know, it hurts to not be able to finish. And you look at where we were at one point in the season and just finished really, really poorly and kind of, you know, gave it away. So there's so many things you look at, and it's disappointing and frustrating and we have a lot of really great players, and I think we have the potential to be a great team. We didn't finish the year that way. 1010XL 92.5 FM presents Jaguars Today with your hosts Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, John Shipley, and Dylan Denmark. I got the hacker as well. The nice <laughs> intro for John Shipley of Jaguar Report. Good morning, Ship. How are you? I'm good. I'm better now. That was great. Hey, yeah, well, that was with great. hacker intros here. You got John Shepley here. Uh, you know you have arrived in the 1010XL studios. Good morning, Tony. Good morning. How are things? Good. You're Duval till we die today. I mm-hmm. see that. Uh, Pockets, how are you? Good. All good in the hood. Feeling old in there? I hear the kids think you're old now. Oh, no. That was old. That happened back in May. Oh, but that, yeah, oh, I that always was feel old. May, huh? Yeah, because I played 2K14, allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> the game I grew up with, I feel old. Well, yeah, it is, uh, you know, that is to be old. close to a decade old yeah. now. So, yeah. you know, that's the way it goes. Um, I guess it comes, 14 would come out in 13, right? Yes, Usually? that's yeah. correct. Yeah. yeah, so that's over 10 years old. Like, now. Uh, Dempsey and I have the benefit of the games that we loved as kids were just the game, right? And yeah, it's no online. Like, they didn't update it every year, right? Like, it was just, I had that game. I owned it for 25 years. I love that game. They didn't need to update. A lot it. of them were like that. They, yeah. they, they did a lot of the sports games, though. They sports did a lot games of do it that way. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, NBA Live outside of jam. like, but like the old, old, old school sports games didn't. Like Tecmo Bowl was Tecmo Bowl. Is that right? Yeah, I never played Tecmo. Yeah, I, I was, NES I didn't, didn't update it. You had Tecmo Bowl on the NES, and you had Super Tecmo Bowl on the Super <laughs> NES. Like those were the games. Chips, like, what are these? No, I, I, I played Tecmo Bowl. I played Tecmo Bowl. All right. Yeah, well, my, you're an old it, soul. It was at my grandma's house, but that, that, don't, <laughs> don't let that. All right, they're they're already complaining. I'm sure. I haven't looked, but I'm sure they are because that's what they do. Uh, that we're not getting right into the Jaguar stuff, the goodies with John mm. Shipley. So let's do it because you are only here for an hour. Yes, sir. And uh, you know, you've got the Trent Balky press conference today, and. Uh, you know, Ship was combing through our question of the day <laughs> responses to see if he could come up with a good question he hadn't thought of. So far, not too many that he hadn't thought of that he's willing to ask today. But uh, we'll we'll take a look at some of those a little, little bit later on. It's stunning that it wouldn't be helpful. <laughs> yeah. Um, hey, Trent, why do you suck so much all the time? Uh, all right. Probably not going to get asked that today in that exact fashion. Um, 
saw you went on a pod, I think it was yesterday you did a pod, and you described Ryan Nielsen in your time covering the Jaguars, in your opinion, as the best coordinator hire that this team has made. Why is that? Well, I should preface it with the context is that's going up against guys like John DeFilippo, you know, Jay Gruden, Daryl Bevel, etc. So not a stack list, but I personally, just looking at his body of work, I, I don't think there's a stop that he's been at in the last decade where he hasn't done great things. I mean, it, even going back to when, you know, he was a position coach at NC State coaching defensive line, he had three guys drafted in one class. At, you know, B.J. Hill, obviously Bradley Chubb, and then Kentavious uh, Street. He helped Bradley Chubb become a top pick. It goes to New Orleans. They consistently have, you know, one of the better defensive fronts. You have guys like Cam Jordan saying he's the best coach he's ever had. I believe Grady Jarrett said similar. It, just looking at his, you know, body of work, even – I know a lot of people are hung up on him being a one-year coordinator, but he more or less was the coordinator for his Saints in 2022. They were top ten in some of the most important metrics. You know, points scored, I think they were ninth. They were one of the best – in terms of, like, the efficiency, like, the advanced stats, like EPA per play and success rate and stuff like that. So just looking at his, his entire body of work, the kind of coach he is, the things people say about him, the players he's developed, I don't think there's really anything negative I could say about this hire. And I could have said something negative about any other hire they would have made. Um, it, Well, anyone they would have made in this cycle? Yeah, yeah. Out, out of the guys that they talked to, I, I would have at least had some reservations about anybody else. This was the one guy who I thought at the start of the process, like, this should be the clear top guy. He has the best resume. He's the one who can come in there and instantly help them improve. And the the fact that they landed him when there are so many other jobs out there. I mean, Miami just had a defense coordinator job open up. Yeah, Vic Fangio. Exactly. So step, I, or did he step down? It was a mutual parting yeah. of ways. And yeah. I, I think Schefter said he's already like Yeah, he's about, going to Philadelphia. He's yeah. going to be made the DC Like to sign today. the contract today. Yeah. So, so the, the fact that you're able to bring in a guy who was – going to be one of the most coveted defensive coordinator uh, guys in this cycle, I think is a slam dunk. What about uh, just, you know, to play devil's advocate here, he only has the one year officially as being a a coordinator. You've got guys out there like Leslie Frazier, for instance, who's been around, been head coaches, seen a lot more. And they did go with a mix of guys that they looked at, some with some experience, some without as much experience, you know, as leading an entire defense. What about the argument that they should have gone with a guy who's got a much deeper resume, deeper bench, seen more stuff, like uh, Leslie Frazier as an example? Yeah, I think you definitely make that argument because even the last coordinator hire they made before this one, Mike Caldwell, was a guy who had never been a coordinator before. Joe Colon, even the year before, you know, never been a coordinator before. So this is the most experienced one out of all of them, and he has one 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 official year. Yeah. Yeah, so I think there's definitely an argument to be made there, but... I'd say on the flip side, you know, Leslie Frazier, I'm not sure. I, I don't think he's taken a defensive coordinator interview this cycle. He's, I know he said before the regular season ended that he wanted a head coaching job. Right. But, uh, it doesn't look like that's obviously going to happen. I'm not sure if he even really wants to be a defensive coordinator. And then you look at the other guys with more experience out of the pool that they talked to. Shane Bowen has, you know, four years of experience. Week Martindale's obviously done it for a long time. I think you can make arguments for guys like that, but I also think – Every great coordinator at one point was an inexperienced coordinator, if, you know, that makes sense. You know, every guy at one point, you know, had to prove he could do it. And I just think seeing the turnaround with Atlanta's defense, especially, I mean, just 
they had a reputation before last year of being one of the softest defenses in the NFL. Just seeing that 180, I think, should do enough to quell any concerns. And keep it in mind, they did add Jesse Bates, who wasn't there. Clays Campbell wasn't there. You know, Nate Landman had played a large role for them. Wasn't a guy they were expecting to. But I guess you could look at that as a positive, kind of a no-name guy that he got a, a productive year out of. All right, here's, I think, what a lot of Jaguar fans are wondering. Because the scuttlebutt is, Nielsen is a bulky pick. And that Peterson might have wanted Marquand Manuel or somebody else. Or do we know, John, what the dynamic is on hiring this defensive coordinator, filling out the rest of the coaching staff, the decision to let go of the defensive coaches? Is this the purview of the head coach, or does Trent Balky have the final say on this stuff? I know people hate hearing collaborative effort, but I, I really do think it's one of those things. I think. Picking the defense coordinator specifically was an organizational decision. I don't think it's something that you just give to either Doug Peterson or Trent Balkin and say, you make the decision here. I think it was an organizational decision, which I don't think is as uncommon as people think. You know, general managers a lot of times have hands in, you know, coordinator hiring. I, I believe we just saw yesterday that the Titans gave Rand Carthon full control yeah. of the roster and coaching, coaching staff, staff yeah. everything. Like, if you're Callahan coming in there, you're like, person. what the hell am I? What, 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 what is my role here exactly? Coach. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> that's here, the role. Run the guys that yeah. we're going to give you. Like, I, I don't I don't see how that's a recipe for long-term success. Yeah. No, it it definitely – I think just, like, looking at the, you know, really economics of building a coaching staff, most people would think you just have the head coach, you know, go ahead and pick his guys. And I do think, for the most part, that's – what Peterson is slash will do. You know, I don't know. Matt House was uh, reportedly hired as inside linebackers coach. He's somebody who's worked for Andy Reid, so I'd imagine Doug has some kind of connection He also there. coached Josh Allen exactly. at Kentucky, was his defensive coordinator there. And uh, if you go back and look, Allen had some big praise for him when he left Kentucky to go to Kansas City. So what does that say about the importance of Josh Allen here? You know, I mean, obviously Josh Allen's important yeah. whether they hired Matt House or not yeah. to come in and be the linebackers coach. But specifically the fact that uh, he is well-regarded, you know, from what, like Pelissero said, in NFL circles, he's well-thought-of guys, been coaching the Kansas City linebackers, um, is, you know, done collegiately and the pro level and done a very nice job. But what is that? Does that give you any indication of what might happen, how it might play out with Josh Allen this offseason? I, I, I've said for a few months now, I firmly believe Josh Allen is this year's Evan Ingram, where last year, even leading up to free agency, there was no chance Evan Ingram was going to play for a, a different team the, the following season. He was going to be a Jaguar no matter what in 2023. I think Josh Allen's the same way. I, I personally believe he's going to get franchise tagged. I also believe, slash, I'd say it's no, that there really hasn't been much movement on a contract negotiation Why? there. I, I couldn't tell you. It doesn't make sense. Well, well, to me. All right, what, what you don't have to again. This is your. We have opinions and facts, yeah. right? Yeah. And you couldn't tell us there's there's no factual yeah. basis for this, right? Like you can't know definitively. But is this the sense that, well, you know, three years before that he didn't put up seventeen and a half sacks combined? We want to see it again. Is that what we're getting here from the the management side? I do think that's part of it, and I also think. When you use the franchise tag as a mechanism like this, like they did with Evan last year and Cam Robinson the year before, it does give you more time to find middle ground. You know, instead of having to, you know, find that kind of place 
by middle of March. You now have until, you know, I, I get summer. it, but, like, what's going to change over I, all these months, right? Like, you've got a full month yeah. between now and when yeah. you can apply the franchise tag. Get this crap done. Yeah. If we're going to end up in that spot, let's get it done. Save this, lower the salary cap number, have more money going into free agency, and have the tag available if you want to use it on Ridley. Like, I know fans have a lot of things that they would like to see Balky called on the carpet for today. And that's called. Right. Like, that's (laughs) fine. Right. Like, I understand why they're asking the questions they want to ask, right? In response to the question today, I want to know. How busy is whatever the interactions are between the team and Josh Allen already? Because I do think whether or not they can put the franchise tag on Calvin Ridley is an important question, right, for this offseason and how they're going to make this offseason work. And if they can get something done with Josh, who we all know they should, right, get something done with Josh, if they can do that without having to extend their window to make that happen, all the better. But how seriously are they pursuing that? Here in the last couple of weeks since we heard, you know, Demetrius said earlier this week with us that they don't negotiate those things in season, right? Like, that's just part of what Trent Baalke does. He doesn't talk about these things in season. Well, then... Season's been over. Right. I (laughs) hope it's been really heavy in that direction as the thing they need to handle first in this offseason is what is Josh Allen playing under next year? That's one thing I think they really bungled just... The dynamic of having Calvin Ridley and Josh Allen both set to be free agents in the same offseason is something that should have been super avoidable. I think you look at, like, Nick Bosa blew the roof off of the edge market. You've had other guys like Montez Sweat, Rashawn Gary get paid. If you pay Josh Allen, like, last, like, May or something like that, and you can use the franchise tag on Calvin Ridley instead of potentially having him walk, you give yourself so much more flexibility. I, I think that's one of the biggest mistakes that but, they've made. But you would have been paying a guy who had no more than like seven and a half sacks in a three-year period in a row. So, what would you be paying that guy? I mean, like, if they do that and Josh goes out and has another seven-sack year, yeah. then they look like idiots. I think if you paid him then, then you're paying him for a little bit, for obviously more than that pass production, but you're paying less than I think you would have you would have now. So, Probably, so you're, sure. you're but, hoping you're but taking you're paying, that chance. I think you're pay, if I'm Josh Allen and I'm a year away from free agency, you're paying me more than that production would warrant too. Yeah, like you 100%. know what I mean? Like I, I don't know if it was just so easy that hey, we'll give Josh an undermarket contract because I don't think he's a dummy either. You know, <laughs> no, and at all. So anyway, um, we can we talk about that. We can talk about Ridley. Everything uh, going into the offseason with the Jags. We only have Ship here for a couple of segments because he's got to get over to the Trent Balky press conference, which we will carry uh, here on the uh, AM and FM dials on the air. We'll carry it here uh, on 1010XL 92.5 FM. It will not be on our YouTube stream. It will not be on any of our streams. So if you listen to the show on the 1010XL or the 92.5 FM app, you're not going to hear it on that. We're not able to stream it on those. Uh, if you want to hear it streaming-wise, you can just go to Jaguars.com. They'll be streaming the thing right there, and you'll hear that broadcast here on our uh, AM and FM dial. So that's coming up at 1130, about an hour and 15 minutes from now. Let's take advantage of John Shipley while he is here. If you'd like to get in with him, 641-1010 on the All-Pro Roofing phone lines or on the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. Hit us up on social media at MD underscore 1010XL at 1010XL Fat Tony at underscore John underscore Shipley or at 1010 XL Denmark. Hold my pocket. Old man in the house right there with Dylan Denmark. <laughs> yeah. We are ready to roll. Let's uh, take advantage of John Shipley from Jaguar Report. Talking Jags with you uh, for the remainder of the hour here. This is 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Now more Jaguars today on 1010XL. 
One day I'm recording all the breaks, Tony. I'm going to sell them on a subscription service. One day. I'll never do it. I'm never going to do it. I'm too lazy to do something like that, Chip. You don't need to worry about me recording any uh, off-the-record comments that you make uh, because I am just way too lazy. I really am. I just not going to happen. All right, let's let's jump right into a lot of this stuff. You think it'll be the franchise tag on Josh Allen, right? I do. Which ultimate, and you, we were talking about one thing on the break. You're not sure he'll play on that franchise I, tag. If you're him, it'd feel like a little bit of a slap I'd in the face. I'd 17 and a half sacks, yeah. right, go out there. And in this scenario, potentially, let's say they franchise tag him, you think they have a high degree of interest in retaining Calvin Ridley? I, I, I do think. I, I think both they want Ridley back, and I think Ridley would want to be back, but I don't think it's to the point where if they offered him like a hometown discount type deal. I don't think he'd want to be back enough to the point well, where he'd that, take right. that. Yeah. And, and depends on what that did. But let's say they really get some a deal that's compelling enough for him to re-sign. Maybe it's a four-year deal, fourth year is voidable, whatever. Yeah. And Josh Allen's going, what? Like, huh? <laughs> I've been here how long? And, and he just got what? It, it's kind of similar to 2019 when they were paying everybody but Ngakwe. Like, they paid Miles Jack before him, and – you know, we were asking, okay, Ngakwe's been productive. He's done everything they've asked. What more does he have to do Except to get paid? stop the run. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. The difference is Josh Allen is significantly better. Uh, I understand. No, yeah. I'm, I'm, not, yeah. I'm not saying. Yeah. He's not. I, I, had, I couldn't let it go no. by without some snark <laughs> added to the commentary right there. Um, all right. Well, we, if you want to get in with Ship, if you've got a specific question, we'd love for you to pass those along. So let's do that. But we, we've got a bunch. And we got to take advantage. Let's go rapid fire as quickly as we can throughout the hour here. Darren on the west side going to get in first. Darren, you're on Jaguars today. Good morning. Good morning, guys. I haven't called in since I uh, went to Nashville. I've just been brokenhearted. Uh, but, John, I, I, I wonder, you know, my thoughts have been all along. We see teams in the NFL every year make draft picks in the second through the fifth round that add to the team. And I really feel like literally we were one game away from making the playoffs. We could have been two or three players from making a deep run in the playoffs, and that's what I'm so disappointed about. What would you have done differently as far as what players you would have draft or drafted or addressed needs in, in free agency, which we did not do? See you later, Trent Balky. <laughs> yeah, no, you're you're exactly right. I, I thought the whole time it was kind of a fallacy, the Jaguars being like we're, our team is so built and so stacked that no rookie other than our first-round pick can you know make an impact, right? I think that they made a mistake not double dipping on the offensive line. Oh, Osiris Torrance is yeah. going to haunt this team. Honestly. I mean, they, they entered the year. Ben Barch pinched in as a starter at left guard. I don't, I don't think how you. I don't see how you can seriously look at the offensive line in the offseason and say you feel good about that. Spot. But didn't they feel better about Ben Barch? Didn't they think he played better last year prior to this season? Ah, they they thought he was the weak link before. Uh, okay, yeah. San Fran picked him up, and all of a sudden we're hearing he may be their next center. <laughs> yeah, he can like, play center. Like, apparently, I, I mean, that's not a poorly run organization. Maybe this coaching staff didn't get enough out of Ben Barch that they should have. And that's fair to say. And also the fact that he was coming off an injury, and he clearly wasn't 100% when he came back. That goes back into why are you going into the year, you know, without anything, you know, else there. And I also think, I, I know Buster Brown, you know, played well in spots for uh, Tyson Campbell. But how much different does their cornerback room look right now if instead of trading down and take Brendan Strange, they just stay at their pick and take Tyreek Stevenson, who just had a great rookie season for the Chicago Bears? Then you don't even have to talk about a corner in the first round. It could have been him. You could have taken Torrance, who was on the clock when they were there, and then they decided to trade back mm-hmm. to get Strange, and the Bills C.J. Henderson couldn't have been a waste. 
I, I, right? <laughs> like it's they tried top ten pick on corner. Like they tried, it didn't work out so yeah, well. Right? You know? Like it's their resources in the draft have been, you know, misallocated for years now. Like oh, it's, no question it's about not it. Not a new thing. Um, ship. Where are they on cap space? They're at, I believe, as things stand today, I want to say around seventeen million. You have to obviously work right. with that because you got Josh. Any source Allen. you go yeah. to, it, it gives you a different, different. story, <laughs> right? And yeah, Josh Allen. Like and as soon as you apply the franchise tag, that's the cap space. That's right more there. than than all your cap space you have available, right? Yeah. So, all right. Um, somebody on the text line asked, "Do we have enough cap space to make noise this off season?" Well, not as it is structured at the moment, but what are the likely avenues? That they're going to go down to create cap space. Let's go through some of these players here, okay? Brandon Sheriff. Yeah, I, I think you get out of that contract. That so creates. you save like nine million, yeah. roughly. Um, what about Cam Robinson? I think so. You save sixteen. Yeah, that that's the amount of money you save and the amount of games he's missed over the last couple of years. I know it wouldn't be a popular move with a lot of fans, but I think it just makes sense. Well, fans uh, think there are not enough dogs <laughs> as that D a W G dogs on the offensive line. And that cam is that guy. Although cam apparently didn't grade out great in run blocking. He's, he, it's, it's such a misconception. He's never been a good run blocker. And the Panthers game happened and ETN has that long touchdown. Along the right side, right? <laughs> saying, look, the running game's better because Cam's well, and in. and that was one play where yeah. ETN made a whole bunch of guys miss and broke a bunch of tackles, and the rest of the game he averaged well under four yards carry. Yeah, you know, so uh, like th- that was the ETN story this year, Tony. If yeah. you had a good game, you probably had one breakaway run, and the rest of it, like I get it. it, it sometimes that's the way it works in the NFL, but yeah. this was consistently, you know, slogging along sure. in the mud, and I think. Look, you look at what's going on along the offensive line for this team, and you see Cam Robinson in the lineup and out of the lineup, and when he's out of the lineup, you're like, does anybody fight at all? Yeah. Like, that's the way it feels watching, and Cam comes back in, and he's willing to literally fight opponents, right, on the field. Like, he's willing to get into those altercations. He's the guy that's going to come in and peel somebody off the pile. He's the guy that's going to go over and pick Trevor Lawrence up. Yes. You know, like, he's the guy who adds that little – that's just – attitude there's no doubt right like it's not necessarily that he's a good player but he's the one that fans can look at and say well at least he's aggressive about being bad right like that's kind of the way that it feels so then you get into a situation where they can save the 16 million given their limitations in free agency on their cap situation right now it makes all the sense in the world to walk away from it even if it means okay walker little is the left tackle Deal with it. I don't think those two players are separated by all that much. No, I, I don't think so. Either. I think you're exactly right. That That's the biggest reason so many people, I think, want him around. That's the biggest reason why I think so many people think he's this great run blocker is because he is the most aggressive, most physical guy on there, yeah. for sure, 100%. All right, what about Rayshon? I, I think so, just because you save, I want to say, around 7 to $8 million, and you have a ready-made replacement, in my opinion, in Antonio Johnson. You save 5.1. Okay. Well, Is that enough? I'm, so I, I'm just asking. I, that, in this case, it may be because you have a cheap alternative on the roster. I think so. You know, you look at like a guy like Brandon Sheriff, and I agree with you, they're going to move on from Brandon yeah. Sheriff, right? Because maybe you find a guard for $3 bucks, right? But when I look at him, I'm like, okay, his cap figure is, is still, his dead cap number is pretty high, Yeah. right? So... You look at what if it's going to be fifteen million or whatever it is, and it's like I forget exactly what it, but whatever that number is, you're going to eat that in, in dead cap space regardless. So the extra on top of that is nine million bucks. 
is Brandon Sheriff worth $9 million? You know, because at that point, you're not going to have that cap space no matter what you do 100%. over here. Now, it's Shad's money. It's cash that he's spending. But he's the only one that should be concerned with this, right? So, it is can you find someone to replace Rayshon and what he gives you for less than $5 million bucks is I, a way I'd look at it. Yeah, I, I think that's a great way to put it. Put it honestly. I I think looking at the resources that you have tied into the player plus what you could potentially add. I agree with you. And I think if they didn't have Antonio Johnson, if he didn't have the kind mm-hmm. of run that he had at the end of the season, I know that mostly came in the slot. I think he's viewed as a safety moving forward. I think it'd be different. But since you do have that guy, and you also, I mean, you still have Andrew Wingard potentially Daniel sure. Tom. Like you have depth at safety. I think that's a move that you could stomach. Yeah, I'm not saying that for, for you couldn't. Replace. I'm just saying that's the question you have to ask, right? What, what about Zay Jones? Personally, I think that you can get a better bang for your buck if you move on. It's just how many starters do you want to re- try to replace in one offseason, I think, is the question you have to ask. And the fact that he has such good chemistry with Trevor Lawrence and that he was banged up for most of the year, I think that he'll probably return. I think you can make a case for moving on from him. You save, you know, a decent amount of change and obviously last year was kind of a lost year for him even in 2022 his good year is mostly because he had like 120 targets or so you know it was mostly a volume player I think you can find similar production for less but I do think he stays his cap hit this past season that just completed was only 5.6 million it doubles basically uh to over 11 million dollars this upcoming season the dead cap is six and a half so you're saving what uh four and a half million bucks if you move on from him so that it's a consideration yeah um Jamal Agnew's not under contract is he gone is Parker Washington the new return guy now I think so I yeah. I think where where they're at as a franchise I think they're not in a position to pay or pay a returner right now just without how many other holes they have so I I, I think that's the, the move which I mean Agnew for as much as people you know like to knock him for some of his mistakes on offense at times. He on special teams, he has saved them countless times. He's been he's awesome on special teams. He in fact has been at times, Tony, one of the most dangerous components on offense. Yeah. He, as well. He may have won him the game week one this year. Yeah. With that return against Indianapolis, right? And it's multiple times in the time that he's been here where he's had that kind of play and that kind of big moment on special teams. Right. And look, I get it. Fans not happy. He fumbles whenever he's on the field. We know the ball's going in his hands like, you know, that kind of stuff. On I get it. But he was what he was signed here to do. He did. He did at an all pro level during the time he was here. I'm I'm with you. I'm not sure that they can afford to pay that again for a return guy, you know, going forward with all the other questions they're going to have to answer on the roster going through this offseason. All right. So conceivably, they tag Josh Allen. Free agency comes. Calvin Ridley's a free agent. Anybody can go after him. Zay Jones may not be with this team. We know Agnew's not with this team. I, I mean, like, I get it's not like we've ignored the fact that receiver could be a need for this team. How big of a need is it, John? I think it's a huge need, and that's, I think it's because they have invested almost no draft picks in the position since Trent Balky's got here. There, there's no youth at receiver. You know, they've spent two draft picks on receivers. But Tim Jones, yeah. he's young. Yeah, he, yeah. Come on. He, 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 is. he is. He is. I'll, I'll, I'll concede that <laughs> Tim Jones is young. I mean, he, I think in I think Balky's made 25 picks since he got to Jacksonville, and the two receivers were a six-rounder and Jalen Camp, who never played an actual snap for the franchise. And Washington. Exactly, who. It looks like right now his role is, like, 
punt returner slash which is back fine. Up. Yeah, if, if for that's a six what you rounder, get in the that's six fine. round, that's fine. That's, that's fine. There's not a bad selection but, at that. But point. you look at so many of these other offenses that are booming right now. It's because they keep throwing resources at receivers. I mean, look at Green, they look at look well, at Green Bay. Green Bay not only threw resources, they seem to have hit on those resources yeah. as well. You know, uh, trust me though. If Christian Watson was here in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. be the most frustrating player that you've had on your roster maybe in the history of the <laughs> team. I mean, because he's it, like he flashes this elite-level skill set, and then he disappears for months on end with a boo-boo, you know, and that's yeah. just the way it is. But, I mean, I'm not – look, he's a very talented guy, obviously, and they are loaded uh, with that kind of player. You're right about that. All right, John Shipley for one more segment. About 20 more minutes with Ship here. We'll try to go rapid fire and uh, ask him a bunch of Jaguar pertinent questions and uh, today's question of the day by the way is simply out there on Twitter or asking you if you had a chance to ask Trent Baalke a question at his press conference today what would you ask him and uh, we'll ask Ship what are some of the most pressing things he'd like to hear Trent Baalke address today and that'll be coming up in a little less than an hour you'll hear that live here on 1010 AM and 92.5 FM again a reminder we will not be streaming that that means it won't be on YouTube, won't be on any of our apps, but you can stream it. If you're a streamer, if you're out of the market, go to Jaguars.com and you'll get it right there. Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, John Shipley, and Dylan Denmark here with you. This is Jaguars Today on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Everything you need to know about the Jags. Jaguars Today on 1010XL. All right, John Shipley of Jaguar Report is here. John Shipley uh, has worked for them for a while. They're an offshoot of uh, Sports Illustrated's coverage of the NFL. And if you were watching the sports goings-on this week, you saw SI having a lot of upheaval there, Ship. So people have asked, you know, what is your status? Uh, what, what is your job security looking like? Uh, how would you like to address that? But best way I'd put it is uh, I'm here until I'm not. You know, <laughs> like no, nobody has told me, like, with any, you know, clear language or clarity, hey, you know, your specific role is coming to an end or anything like that. So, Obviously, a lot of uh, still, you know, some darkness in that regards of, you know, the future and everything like that. But for the present moment, you know, I'm, I'd like to say, you know, I, I am where my where my feet are. So I'm 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 here and not to say I'm not going anywhere because I truly don't know. But right. at, I'm, I'm until I have any like kind of official, you know, communication to say I'm not going to be here. I'm going to still keep doing me and keep doing the same job I've been doing the last five years. Well, uh, and we did hear, and obviously, I mean, you know about the particulars more than us. That you know, some people were let go right away. Yeah, others might be there for ninety days, things like that. So, regardless, we all think you do a terrific job. We wish you the best. We I know, appreciate it. Uh, that you know, SI's loss eventually, if you do end up leaving there, will be somebody else's uh, benefit. Somebody I appreciate else's it. Gain. Um, all right, uh, what else do we need to get into here with uh, John Shipley, uh, Darius Williams? One more. Somebody brought up on the text line. I mean, it's hard to imagine a guy who is arguably your second best defensive player could be a cap casualty. He doesn't make an exorbitant amount. I don't think ten point five for the season that he had is too much. No, but you could basically wipe him off the books if you wanted to, and only have a half million dollars in dead money. But then you'd have another starting spot opened up. So, what, what do you think the approach is with him? Yeah, that. He's one of the toughest ones, and right now I honestly don't have a great feel for which way that might go because it's tough to move on from a guy who just had the season that he had. But there are a couple of things working against him. You know, he'll be 31 next year. That's you know normally the age where corners start to maybe slip a little bit. If he had a down year next year, 
I I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked just because that's it, you know I mean we just saw the same thing happen to James Bradbury who is you know one year younger had a terrific year the year before this year age kind of caught up with him plus you know like you mentioned he's one of the cleanest contracts that they can get out of you know almost no dead cap you save ten million and then also the fact that with Ryan Nielsen comes you know a much different coverage scheme you know Darius Williams he's a great zone corner really good off coverage like we've seen he's just he's great at reading stuff out but He's five foot nine, probably close to one hundred eighty five pounds. He's not who you think of when you think of a press man cornerback. Well, is Tyson Campbell that? I think he's closer to that. I physically he is, yeah. but is has, he's better in zone though. So, cornerback, what, what cornerback's doing, a big question, right? What are we doing with Tyson Campbell though? I mean, eligible for a big extension. I I think you have to let Tyson play out his fourth year and go from there. Honestly, just I, I know last year was mostly injury related why he didn't play as well you know this past season but at the end of the day after three seasons he has one and a half seasons of you know strong play I think you need to see a little bit more in year four before you enter into any kind of substantial contract with him all right how are they going to handle Trevor Lawrence this offseason same boat the only difference I think is that Trevor I want to say has shown higher level quarterback play down the stretch of 2022 that three, four-week stretch before he started really getting banged up this year. I personally don't think that he gets paid this offseason. I think they're going to say we need to take a step back, you know, get back to this thing, improve, attack the offseason, and then he gets paid the next season. Okay, so is is there any, like, talk about had they signed Josh Allen last year, they'd probably save some money, right? If they sign Trevor this offseason, are they saving any money? Like, uh, like I, if I'm Trevor's representation, yeah, I can't imagine I'm not he's taking doing that Daniel for, Jones' contract. Yeah, I can't imagine he's doing for anything less than fifty a year. Right? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, he, so, he, he'd be one of the highest paid quarterbacks. It, maybe in the sense of the cap goes up each year, but I just who who's the next quarterback that's going to get paid after him? Really, nobody from the 2022 class. CJ Stroud in like three years, you know, maybe. So I, I'm not sure how much you'd really be saving because he's going to be the one who is setting the next, you know, really quarterback market. There's not going to be another guy who does he set it. I mean, does he get the biggest contract? I think he gets one of them. Yeah, yeah, I do. I, 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 I. I and do you feel comfortable paying him that? Me personally, I do. I, I, do, I do too because I, I think the alternative is. Is what exactly. you know? You're you're going through the wasteland of let's try to find a journeyman quarterback who can get us by for a year, and we can convince ourselves that we can contend for a championship with that guy. I don't know, and I personally still think that he's better slash was better this past year than people maybe give him credit for. I think a lot of the issues went beyond him. I think it's a situation where if you put an average quarterback in this on this team this past season. They win five to six games, maybe. I don't know. They only won you're nine. Saying, so it sounds like you're saying <laughs> C.J. Beathard three. is not yeah. better than Trevor Lawrence, despite the fact what my social media told me at times <laughs> this year. Is that is that the case? You don't well, think C.J. Beathard you, is a better option? You, you didn't. You weren't sold by that record-breaking performance against the Panthers. I, I was. <laughs> I, I, I did have somebody tell me they should continue to ride the quote hot hand of Beathard, who threw for like one sixty in that game. Just played a worse team in the league every weekend. Yes, yeah. and, and look, granted, um, you know. They uh, nobody else had shut him out at yeah. that point, and then they got shut out the very next week as, <laughs> as well. Um, how do you think they pro- they've got limited resources? Right? Yeah. Everything you know, even if you have all the cap space, 
there's still a limit to what you can do. Um, do you think they try to address certain positions in free agency versus the draft? And, and what do you think that plan would look like? Yeah, I, I think they're going to try to attack the trenches during the draft. I think they're going to – Ezra Cleveland, I think, is a part of that. But I also think they're going to look at potentially adding another starting offensive lineman in free agency. I think that they're going to look at interior defensive line, finding guys who fit you know, Nielsen system because, I mean, Ledbetter's a free agent, Blackson's a free agent, uh, Foley Fadakasi's a guy who they could potentially move on from. Not you, a b- bunch of cap savings, but a no. few million. Yeah, so you, you, I think, need reinforcements on both sides of the trenches. I think free agency is really where they're going to hit. I mean, it's kind of been Balky's MO in free agency the last few years. They like to try to fill as many needs, you know, quantitative-wise as possible so that when the draft comes, they don't feel like they have to reach. Obviously, didn't work as well this past offseason because it led to taking a number three tight end and number three running back on day two. But nonetheless, I, th- I think that's their strategy so, so that they don't have to feel forced to pick an offensive lineman at 17 overall. So, it, like, if it goes that way, you're probably looking at, what, corner or corner. maybe receiver? I, I, I really think so because – Calvin Ridley, you have to answer that question. Even if you bring Ridley back, you know, him, Zay, Christian Kirk, I mean, that's... Or a him and just Christian Kirk, potentially. It, it, exactly. That's... You, you need more youth. You know, you, you just simply do. You know, I, I, Elijah Cooks is somebody who he'll, he'll have to prove it next training camp for a spot on the roster. Parker Washington looks like he's okay depth, but I don't think he's the kind of, you know, playmaker you're really talking about. I think receiver could be a consideration. Is there, like, if T. Higgins, who may get snatched up, I mean... Everyone's going to go, see, I told you they should sign T. Higgins. Like, you and everybody else, okay? We all know we'd all love him to sign T. Higgins. But is there a guy you think that if he is, does become truly available in unrestricted free agency that they would try to break the bank for? Is it T. Higgins or is it anybody or is it uh, that not the position that they're going to focus on in free agency? What about Michael Pittman Jr.? He seems like a Doug Peterson receiver. I, 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 what about him? Do you do – you, like, I, I think the fact that he is somebody who wins uh, intermediately, he has yards. I think Higgins does catch. that. I think Higgins does that. I, I think Higgins is better than him. I just I think Pittman is a – He's actually going to hit free agency? Is, uh, yeah, that that too. But also <laughs> is a cheaper option. He'll, he'll obviously get paid a decent amount. So you like that idea? Not sure I like what, what, it, what, but what, I think it, it could happen. I like the idea of if you're going to do Pittman, Zay is gone. Yeah. Yeah. Right, well, I think like it almost have to be. right, like that 100%. kind of thing because I do think they are similar players in what they offer. Hundred percent, right? Like I, I do think they fill the same kind of roles in the offense. I don't think you bring in Pittman and Ridley walks and you think, hey, we've resolved it. No. You know, in that room, there's still you got to find somebody that's going to be the real top end of that depth chart kind of guy. Yeah. Even if that is the guy that you draft and hope that develops into that over the course of a year or two, but at some point. You have to address that. I'm fine with that being Ridley, being the way that they choose to address it, plus maybe somebody in the draft in the first couple of days for the first time in a while yeah. around here. That'd be <laughs> fine by me. But I'm okay with the idea of Pittman. It's not necessarily the way I would want to see 100%. it, though, But I get why they would go that direction. I mean, the, the fact that the only receiver they've taken in the first five rounds last couple of years was LaVisca Chenault. In 2020, is, well. it, yeah, it's <clears throat> it's kind of why they're at where they're at now with the receiver yeah. room. Uh, Ship, do you think we get any? What like what's the biggest potential ooh Jaguar news that we could get coming out of this Trent Balky press conference? I think he'll obviously be asked about Josh Allen and Calvin Ridley. So 
just his on-the-record comments about his desires to bring both back. Uh, I'm, I'm interested to hear what he has to say about the Ryan Nielsen hire. As, I am, too. Like, uh, are, are we going to hold his feet to the fire? And, and if he gives this, it's a collaborative effort. Okay, but what – like, here's if you like Nielsen and Peterson likes X – Who's getting hired? 100%. Because, I'm sorry, you can only collaborate up to the point you have agreement. And at the end, somebody has to make the decision. And is it Peterson or is it Balky that gets the final say on the coaching staff? And I'm interested to see what he would answer on that, if he would actually give you know an answer that has merit worth listening. Because I, I think it's a it, it's a Great, yeah. great thing to ask. I, I think I it's swear. maybe I think it's maybe the question to ask right now. And also, he's you know the first guy talking since Nielsen's been hired. It's not like we can ask Doug Peterson about right, Nielsen. Right. You know? Well, and yeah. what what about the 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 scuttlebutt we heard? You tell me, does it have legs that that Balky was unhappy with Press Taylor's performance late in the season, and that I guess Doug's at you know maybe drew a line there like this is my guy. I mean, it, it, have you heard that? Is there some of that is there are there camps being like is there a bulky camp and a Peterson camp in terms of the vision of how this team needs to move forward? I'm not sure I would put it like that at this point. Maybe say they're like two and five in two thousand twenty four. I think you can start seeing that and mm-hmm. maybe some of that would be starting being rooted in this offseason. I do think that there's definitely merit to the point that Trent Bulky if it was up to him, there'd probably be a different offense coordinator. Uh, okay, so there is merit to that. You think? I I I, th- I think so. I I I don't think Balky's a big fan of the offense. All right. Um, likeliest scenario. Okay, this is a, a speculative guess on your part. Let's hear it. Peterson outlasts Balky in Jacksonville. Yeah. Balky outlasts Peterson, or they both eventually get fired on the same day. So eventually they're going to get fired, right? I'm not saying it'll be anytime soon. Belichick got fired, right? So eventually everyone gets fired. I'm not shoving anybody out the door this moment. I think the last option, probably the most likely, is closely followed. Fresh start. Yeah, closely followed by Balky Balky outlasting Peterson. I'm I'm never going to predict again for the rest of my career that Trent Balky is going to be fired just because (laughs) there's been so many instances where you could logistically, realistically do it, and it just hasn't happened. I think it's more likely that he retires one day than he ever gets fired. You know, Prisco. It was out there. It was out there. I don't know. All All right, right, uh, Ship, uh, anything uh, you want to let folks know about what you, other than covering today's press conference, what you have coming up at Jaguar Report? Yeah, we're going to keep looking at some uh, fits for the de- for a defense offseason-wise uh, after the Ryan Nielsen hiring. I listed a couple guys, free agents from Atlanta who make sense. Also some guys, uh, he coached at, at, with the Saints, NC State, guys who make sense. And we also have the Jaguar Report podcast comes out once a week. During the regular season, we do Mondays and Fridays. Now that it's the offseason, it's uh, – Whichever day Whenever works best. We, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, it'll happen one day that week. All right. Uh, good Until stuff. then, he's going to be getting sick of prospect tape. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. Uh, we, we talked um, maybe uh, you're going to the Combine? Honeymoon. Honeymoon. Yeah. Okay. Honeymoon. Well, yeah. uh, sometime after your honeymoon. You're doing the honeymoon gonna... at the Combine? See, that? Yeah, very nice. <laughs> that, that, it was brought to the table, but no. <laughs> you got to keep <laughs> going, going to the Bahamas. <laughs> All right. Well, sometime after the Combine, we're going to get you back in, and we'll do the, the we'll make up for the hour that you missed today, and we'll make you stay for a third hour when Tony and I leave <laughs> mm-hmm. at the end of the show. Sounds fair to me. <laughs> All right. Uh, at underscore John underscore Shipley on social media, and listen for him coming up here in about 30 minutes uh, asking – Pointed questions of Trent Balky. Ship, always appreciate the time, man.
Pre- hey, appreciate you guys. Thank you guys for the flexibility. Too. Not, oh, oh, no problem, man. Uh, there you go. John Shipley, just simply one of the best covering your team. That press conference coming up in about 34 minutes. Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, Dylan Denmark. We continue on. This is Jaguars Today on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Jaguars Today on 1010XL. All right, we got Trent Baalke, Jaguars general manager, stepping up to the podium or sitting in front of the microphone, whatever the case may be, likely the latter. Uh, coming up in 28 minutes, we will endeavor to carry that in its entirety here on 1010, which means uh, we want to do it without commercial interruption. So we're you know, adjusting the break schedule a little bit and tightening things up so we'll have uh, a wide swath to be able to bring you Trent Baalke, really, for the last 30 minutes of the show, it's going to run right into the beginning of XL Primetime. Likely, mm-hmm. Tony, we have no idea how long he's going to go on nope. for. So, again, uh, and we pointed it out, if you're unaware, uh, if you listen to this program or watch it uh, or do both, uh, for instance, on YouTube, or if you listen on the 1010XL AM or FM apps, uh, you will not hear that bulky press conference. You won't hear I don't know what you'll hear, but you won't hear that. And that's going to be the show. So you're going to hear that over the air. If you want to, if you're a streamer, just go to Jaguars.com and they'll have it. If you're out of market, you can listen to it that way. Yep. Uh, and that's coming up for you. But uh, so uh, got a lot to get to. Got a couple breaks to get in before we get there. So let's uh, take a quick tour around the rest of the National Football League. Now, gems around the NFL. Brought to you by Beaches Jewelry and Pawn in Jack's Beach. Baltimore tight end Mark Andrews was a full participant in practice on Wednesday. The team still has not activated Andrews from their injured reserve list. Kansas City running back Isaiah Pacheco did not practice on Wednesday, but did tell the media that he expects to play on Sunday in the AFC Championship game. Offensive lineman Joe Tooney, wide receiver Sky Moore, and safety Mike Edwards also missed practice on Wednesday for the Chiefs. Detroit tight end Sam Laporta, center Frank Ragnow, guard Jonah Jackson, and wide receiver Khalif Raymond all missed practice on Wednesday for Detroit. San Francisco head coach Kyle Shanahan said yesterday the wide receiver Debo Samuel was feeling better, but he still did not participate in practice Wednesday due to the shoulder injury he suffered against Green Bay in the divisional round of the playoffs. The L.A. Chargers are hiring Jim Harbaugh to be their new head coach, a five-year deal there for Harbaugh in Los Angeles. The Miami Dolphins and defensive coordinator Vic Fangio have mutually agreed to part ways. Fangio reportedly heading to Philadelphia today to become the new defensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, there you go. Thank you, Tony. That's a look around the rest of the National Football League. I I tell you, the the more I think about this, the crazier it is to me. If you think you're going to tag Josh Allen and maybe get something worked out with him over the summer, why wouldn't you furiously be working to get that accomplished ahead of the franchise tag deadline to at least give yourself that flexibility if you wanted to potentially tag Ridley? Maybe they don't want to tag Ridley, right? Maybe they're willing to let him hit free agency and set the – the market value, and then uh, act accordingly. And certainly, I don't want him giving up a second-round pick. So there's that consideration as well. I just don't understand this. Hey, let's. This will give us more time to work. Are, are you, are you using the time you have now to discuss right. things with Josh Allen and his representation uh, on getting what we feel is <clears throat> the most important thing accomplished? Unless you've decided you want him to play on the tag, which is you heard ship. Tony, tell us he's not sure Josh Allen would play on the franchise sure. tag, right? Doesn't have to sign it. It's not a holdout. It's not under contract. No repercussions. He can sit there and go, oh, that's great. Uh, I, you're not going to pull the tag from me because then I become a free agent. So mm-hmm. I'm going to sit here until you give me the contract that I feel represents what I bring to the table. I'm not going to show up and play. That's certainly a possibility yeah. 
if they go down that road. I think it's best for all involved for the long-term deal to get done sooner rather than later. So I hope right? that at least they attempt it. Right, like that Josh Allen gets the long-term deal. That's good for Josh. That's good for the team. It's good for the locker room to see their best player on that side of the ball that they drafted in the first round be rewarded coming off a season like that. Okay, they wanted to play out the fifth-year option. Made sense at the time, you know, for them to say play out the fifth-year option. He plays it out like that reward him and that does that has a ripple effect in the locker room I hope that's what gets done yeah I do too and plus it would probably significantly lower his cap figure for this season could, which would you could control it a little bit yeah. uh, much more so than you yeah. could if you just apply the franchise tag which yep. is whatever the number is for the tag that is the cap hit in uh in 2024 uh, all right uh Due to what I just mentioned to you, we're going to accelerate the break schedule a little bit. We'll take a time out here. We'll come back. Let's look at some of the answers to today's Chad and Sandy real estate question today, asking if you could ask a question of Trent Balky. There are some serious responses there. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would that question be? And we'll tell you what we would like to have answered as well. That press conference coming up in about 23 minutes from now. Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, and Dylan Denmark. This is Jaguars Today on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Jaguars today on 1010XL. All right, Jaguars today. Got a lot to do here and not a lot of time to do it. Uh, We'll break again in about nine minutes so we can come back. And hopefully Trent Balky will be super punctual. And we'll have that up for you at 1130 uh, this morning. But uh, regardless, uh, that's what we're planning on doing. So stick around to hear from the general manager of the Jacksonville Jaguars. We asked you today uh, what question would you ask if you had the opportunity to ask Trent Baalke one question we got a lot of snark and that's okay we mm-hmm. expected a lot of that but we got a lot of serious stuff as well so why don't we tell you what we would do uh, with today's 1010 take 1010 1010 take now Mike Dempsey's 1010 take brought to you by Leonard Truck Accessories all right Tone uh, for me I mean there are really a lot of them right so I, I'm we're not limited to one here necessarily but I, I saw somebody say something yesterday and I agree with it um, and maybe it was Matt Hayes who's saying something like this. Like, where did you make mistakes? Like, wh- what what did you think you saw last year that was X and it turned out to be Y, mm-hmm. right? Like, did you did you think Luke Fortner was going to take a much bigger step forward? And he didn't. Did that surprise you? Did you think you had, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> better depth and expected play on the offensive line? Were you surprised by what you got? Um did you feel like you did enough to reinforce this team? Like, were some of those picks that you made with an eye on the future? Did you, I guess, did you do enough to concentrate on pushing this team across the finish line for 2023? And did you make luxury picks? I know these, we're good, getting far afield with a lot of different things here, right? But I, I want these things answered, you know? Did you feel like Brenton Strange was a luxury pick in hindsight? Would you rather have... Pick the guy that had a more immediate impact on your team. Now, you got to understand the GM's not going to likely throw a guy under the bus and go, yeah, well, I wish I hadn't picked Brenton Strange. Mm-hmm. It's just not going to be how they operate, and I ex- I understand that. I do. But So maybe asking it in the vein of what did you think about this roster that turned out to be wrong? Yeah. Like, Was the roster wrong? as ready to go as you thought it was last year? Right, and, and, and putting injury yeah. aside – yeah. Putting all, all these other X factors that, that can impact every team, did you misevaluate certain areas of the roster? And if so, where? Mm-hmm. Right? And if I'm going to get an honest answer, that's what I want to know. Like, what, what did you, 
What did you think that led you to do what you did last year that in hindsight you go, you know what? If I'm being honest, probably should reinforce this area more. I shouldn't have made that move that I did make or whatever the case may be. Or I could have allocated my draft resources better than I did. Or how close did they actually get to adding? You know, one of these other pass rushers. Like, we we know they talked to Jadevian Clowney. It's not like they didn't talk to any of these guys. They right. were apparently interested in, in Daniel Hunter. And, and right? apparently, like, yeah. How close was any of that to happening? I, I, I don't get the sense that Daniel Hunter was all that close. But, like, these other guys that were free agents. Like, did you lowball them? You know, like, it, they're not yeah. going to tell us what they offered them. That's the thing. Like, no. but, right, did you feel like... You had enough, and and maybe he points to and says, look, Josh Allen just set the record. Uh, Trayvon Walker at double digits is the best pass-rushing duo in the league. We had plenty. Yeah. You know? And that, you know, Jadevian Clowney, and I'm just playing hypotheticals here, Jadevian Clowney had more opportunity in Baltimore because they didn't have two guys eating up 27 and a half sacks mm-hmm. for you, you know? And uh, I don't know what the answer would be, but I'd like to hear that as well. Here's some of the ones that we got. Bush Drive Rich, what made you so confident, Caleb on Chase on was able to be the team's third pass rusher. Uh, well, he's young and cheap. I, I don't know what the answer to that is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, uh, let's see. How did it make you feel to watch the offensive and defensive lines you assemble get manhandled down the stretch and cost the team a playoff spot? I, and I think that goes – look, if you ask it a certain way, like I get what the fans are doing. Their fans are upset. They're angry. They want blood. They're venting. They yeah. want blood, right? You, you're not going to get the answer you're looking for if you ask it a certain way, right? Do you think you did enough? Were you surprised at how ineffective the offensive and defensive lines were at time based on the plan you had put in place, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you just, you just got to finesse it just a little bit, right? Because if you go, you know, the crap show that you put out there, like yeah. immediately it's it's going to be defensive shell and you're yeah. not going to get Did you get what you expected for. to get out of your offensive and defensive line last year? Right? Yeah. Like, and, and what exactly did you expect? And, and you know, did you did you do enough to fortify that area? And yeah. don't tell and me we were, made a trade at the trade right. deadline to get a guard. Okay. And in your, the way you're looking at it, Trent, when you look back at last season, what fell short? What happened that they didn't achieve at whatever level you expected them to achieve? And you may not get an answer that you like from that kind of question. but Right, but at least let's get asked. the answer. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Uh, I'm trying to skip through some of the ones that are just simply not going to get asked uh, yeah. under any circumstance, including from the, if these people were there in person, they wouldn't ask some of these things. Yeah. Um, hey, this from Scott, who picked Nielsen, right? And that that whole thing we went through earlier. Yeah. What is the the process? Who has the final say on filling out the coaching staff? Because yep. to me, it should be the Super Bowl winning coach, head coach. That does it. That's me. And we're, if we get this collaborative thing, I want pushback. I want, okay, we collaborated, and I disagree with you, okay? In the end, you want Nielsen, I want X. Who gets the final say? And did it come down to that? Uh, like, what's what's wrong with answering that? Mm-hmm. You know, about the dynamic of how this team operates. Um, my three-year-old nephew would have drafted Trevor Lawrence. You haven't drafted a Pro Bowl or a first-team All-Pro in your tenure in Jacks. Well, Trevor Lawrence is a Pro Bowler. Um, I'm just saying, you know, oh, and yeah. he's been to a Pro Bowl, uh, you know, but uh, let's see, what else? Where's here? the question? Yeah, that, well, <laughs> uh, I, it was at the end, but it was a, a ridiculous one, so I'm not going to ask that either. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, the, the hiring process of Ryan Nielsen is a big one uh, here. Um, and, you know, what what is, like, what's the, 
the process to hold you accountable at the end of the year. Do you meet with Shad Khan? Does Shad Khan grill you on, mm-hmm. on this, that, and the other thing? Do you have to present your case as to why you feel like you did a good job? And, um, you know, are you, are you in there lobbying for major changes to the coaching staff? I want to know all these things. Sure. Going down. I don't know if we're going to get all these things. I think we're going to, hey, what's the deal with Josh Allen? Josh is a very good player. We want him here in Jacksonville. We're going to work hard to make sure that that's accomplished, that he's a Jaguar for a very long time. For sure. Right? I think that was that's pretty, the way these things typically go. Pretty good ball. Yeah, right bad. There, right. I think uh, I think Joe C does a nice ball key. Um, time to give credit where credit is due because <laughs> I think I'm the master of impressions around these parts <laughs> in my own head. I'm the master of impressions. Dirt mm-hmm. here's absolutely the master of impressions. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, so we'll see. Uh, it's all coming up here in a few minutes. Uh, what type of cake would you like at your retirement party? Did you seriously consider retiring? We heard a yeah. rumor you considered stepping down. You know, was was that true? Was that uh, something that – and if so, what prompted that? Are you just burned out? Are you, you know, unhappy with the fact that, you know, the, the life of the general manager is with few exceptions? Fan bases um, come at you with the metaphorical pitchforks and torches, mm-hmm. you know? I, I don't know. Uh, or was that all a bunch of gobbledygook or whatever the case? Uh, so, anyway, Trent Balky coming up here. Uh, scheduled for just under 10 minutes. Let's take a break now, and we'll walk you right up to the beginning of that press conference. Hopefully things will start on time. But regardless, we're taking care of our business here so you can hear unencumbered the thoughts of the Jaguars general manager on Jaguars today and the flagship home for Jacksonville Jaguar football, 1010XL. Coming up in less than 10 minutes, at least schedule Trent Balky, the Jags GM, straight ahead. This is Jaguars today on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Jaguars today on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Tony Smith here on Jaguars today, walking you up to the beginning of the Trent Baalke press conference that's scheduled to begin here in the next couple of minutes down there at the stadium. No indication yet. I haven't seen him walk in the room there on the live portion of Jaguars.com, but we'll... Get you there as soon as Trent Baalke steps up to the podium as we will carry Trent Baalke's press conference live. If you want to hear it, you can hear it over the radio airwaves. You cannot listen to it on any of our streaming anything. None of the apps, not on YouTube, anything like that. If you want to stream the press conference, you're going to have to go to jaguars.com and pull up the video if that's the direction that you want to do it. But hopeful that it gets started here in the next couple minutes. We'll see how close to on time we already know. Trent Balky isn't working on Coughlin time anymore. It's 11.28, and they're not down there and ready to go yet. But hopefully here in the next couple minutes, the general manager of the Jags will be stepping to the podium. That's a whole other thing, but Coughlin time is about the dumbest damn thing. I yeah. mean, if you try to find me for being not five minutes early to a meeting, then yeah. uh, you're, you're going to have – I would not have played well on a Tom Coughlin right. team. Let's yeah. put it that way. By the way <laughs> – um, I wanted to make the show more like the drill, so I decided to come in after the segment started. Did, did, was I successful? You did, did I did you it give it, it a drill like feel? To yeah, that? I was thinking. I was like, this feels like something someone else goes through. Yeah. Oh, there it is. Yeah, the drill. Um, apparently, we are all like, hey, if you don't move your car now, there's an 18 wheeler that will be blocking you into the lot when your show ends. <laughs> or gets crushed. Goodness knows how long we'd be stuck here listening to XL Primetime. I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. I mean. I listen to him for an hour in the car every day. Have I not done my 
my penance. Um, <laughs> kidding. I'm kidding. I love you guys. Uh, all right. So, yes, Trent Baalke, hopefully just moments away yeah. uh, from stepping the up The team there. at least put the link up on the uh, their Twitter feed now, but okay. nothing in the video yet. So yeah. All right. Well, we're close. At least, uh, yeah, like you said, we're getting there. And, uh, and I'm sure – I'm sure there is a large segment of the fan base that uh, no matter what Trent says, it won't matter to them. All right, I think we got it, so let's head down to the stadium and listen in on Trent Baalke, the Jaguars' general manager.